Welcome back to Big Lezzers League in all rugby league experience. I'm your host, Big Les. Let's go through the Friday games for your Friday of round 12, the week before, two weeks before Origin. Um, let's have a look at these games. The first one was the Dragons v. the Roosters. Now, I tipped the Roosters. The full moon had risen on this Friday night, uh, and obviously the Dragons get a big win against the Roosters, an upset of the ages, and it was the first win for the Dragons since round five. It ended a six-game losing run. Brandon Smith obviously has broken his thumb. Uh, he'll be out for an extended period. Blake Laurie, uh, he did something to his hand. That's going to be looked at over the next few days. Hopefully no- nothing too serious for Blake Laurie there, you know, especially going into this origin period where guys are going to be out of the team. You want your main guys. You, are, you don't make origin, uh, you know, to stand up in your team. And when those guys are out injured, it makes life very, very difficult. So hopefully uh, nothing too severe there for Blake Laurie. They get a load of this yarn. If you think that uh, the Dragons losing streak was bad, have a listen to this yarn here. Prior to this game, the Dragons had not defeated the Roosters outside of Anzac Day uh, since the NRL Grand Final in 2010. Let me read that again. Prior to this game, the Dragons have not defeated the Roosters outside of Anzac Day since the 2010 Grand Final. Isn't that absolutely insane for them, you know, to come out and get this win? It was definitely an upset, and I definitely had the Roosters, and I'm definitely regretting that decision right now uh, as the Roosters get humped by the Dragons in this one. Now, the first half saw four players placed on report, which is absolutely ridiculous. Obviously, Zach Lomax was cited for a dangerous tackle in the 16th minute. Following that, obviously, Victor Radley, uh, a possible headbutt issue. He's apparently set to miss the next three weeks. Uh, Lindsay Collins was put on report for a tackle on Ben and Murdoch Masilla. And then, obviously, Nathan Brown in his Roosters debut. He gets put on report with four minutes to go in the first half. Um, yeah, look, four players placed on report in the first half. I mean, that is a lot. That's a lot. And, you know, obviously there has been massive crackdowns on certain rules and obviously massive crackdowns in general in terms of the way the game's refereed. But some of the calls this week, and I'm not afraid to say it, they were pretty pretty shocking, to be honest. And, you know, I was talking about last week and last week's review, one of them at least. You know, there were some decisions over the past few weeks where referees have made a decision and then they get completely discredited by a decision from the bunker. And the bunker will look back at it and go, nah, sorry, mate, you're wrong. Uh, This is the correct call, which most of the time it isn't. Uh, and they changed the entire ruling. A clear example of that is, you know, when a team on last tackle will kick inside the enemy territory, inside the 10-meter line, kick to get a goal line dropout. Uh, the t- other team will hit it out. Then, obviously, the correct call will be made. Yes, that's a goal line dropout. Oh, it literally happened in the Bulldogs game. We'll talk about that later, but it literally happened in the Bulldogs game. Uh, you know, the other player will hit it out to avoid... Um, you know, them scoring a try. It'll be called a goal line dropout, right call. And then all of a sudden, the bunker will see that someone's pinky touched the ball and it's a 20-meter restart for the opposition. You know, you've made a call. The referee's made a call. He's seen it. He's made a call. 
you know, the fingernail of the pinky touches the ball and all of a sudden it's a 20-meter restart. Like, it's fucking so stupid. And, you know, as I said, it completely discredits the referee. The referee is being hired each week to make calls on games and go and make decisions. And then his decisions get overturned. And to be honest, he's not even out there making decisions anymore. He or she isn't out there making decisions anymore because the bunker makes all of the decisions for them. So what are referees today getting paid to do? That's my question. What are referees today getting paid to do? Because, you know, yes, maybe 50% of the time they're out there making decisions, but 50% of the time they're being told that they're wrong and then the bunker's making decisions for them. And, you know, I feel sorry for referees too because obviously they do get a lot of blame for that. Obviously, people come after them after games, especially if you're a team that's lost and there was a few harsh calls, you know, going your team's way. Obviously, people go loose at the referee, but sometimes it's not even the referee's fault. It's usually the bunker. We saw a clear example of that this weekend. We've seen a clear example of that last weekend. Obviously, one of the referees got stood down uh, due to some poor decisions. We don't want to see that in our game. We want to see referees make the right decisions, and we don't want to see the referees discredited by the bunker or decisions changed by the bunker when, you know, clearly it might have been the other way. It's... uh, I I don't like how the game at the moment is being refereed. It is a little bit silly. Not even silly. I think silly is the wrong word. It's just stupid, to be honest, because, as I said, one, it's discrediting the referee's decision. And two, most of the time, the decision that the bunker makes is incorrect. And it makes massive changes in games. Massive changes in games. It swings games 100%. So, yeah, look. I've had a bunch of yarns about the way the game is refereed over the past few weeks, but you know this weekend was one of those weekends where you could see some clear examples as to what I've been talking about over the past few weeks. And you know it is a little bit disappointing, but you can't always focus on the negatives. There are so many positives, and one of those being the Dragons getting their first win outside of Anzac Day against the Roosters since the 2010 Grand Final. That's insane. Um, yeah, Lomax and his return into this side, uh, you know, obviously had a really good game with the boot, kicked most of his goals, uh, and he also ran for 93 metres with 16 tackles. Not a bad effort there from Zach Lomax. Um, look, as I've said, I've seen a lot better from Zach Lomax. I know the pinnacle of Zach Lomax, or maybe I don't, but I've seen him perform to a higher standard. I'd love to see him get to that. Love to see him get back to that origin standard. We know he can perform at as well, but he had a pretty decent game in this one, heavily involved. I love to see it there from Zach Lomax. Obviously, Ben Hunt has now scored five tries in his past six games at Netstrata Jubilee Stadium. Now, people are thinking he hasn't scored six try, five tries in six games. Well, at this stadium, he has. At this stadium specifically, he scored five tries in his past six games. So, well done to Ben Hunt. He was fantastic, and he was a massive reason as to why uh, this side was lifted. And you know why as well? Because he was playing his actual freaking position in this team, which is halfback. He was playing halfback, played to a high standard. Their attack was flowing to a really high standard, and they were completing quite well in this game as well. So credit to Ben Hunt, credit to the Dragons, credit to them for getting this win, and um, you know for it to sway the other way in the very last few seconds of the game, it must have been an absolute narrative for the Dragons fans. It was awesome scenes, really cool to watch this one. It was a massive effort with all the drama during the week as well for the Dragons, uh, and yeah, Max Fagai to win the game as well congratulations to him. Now, I just want to read out this quote 
um, for Trent Robinson. And obviously, people have been absolutely hounding Trent Robinson, hounding the Roosters over the past few weeks and criticizing the way in which uh, Trent Robinson coaches and, you know, his honesty when it comes to the Roosters and their discipline and stuff like that. I want to read this quote from Trent Robinson after this game. You can see that we're a team that's sort of fighting to find ourselves a little bit. You can see that we are just not in our groove. I loved the second half. I enjoyed seeing them fight for it, work for it. Lost it in the end, but that's where we're at. I think that pretty much sums up where the Roosters are at. They're a team that's fighting for it, but it's just not happening. You know, the execution just isn't there where, you know, that goes to plan for the Roosters. And they've had some weeks where they're trying to put in the effort. They're putting in a bunch of effort. Things don't go their way. Calls don't go their way. You know, events in the game don't go their way. And those little things, the little discipline areas or just effort areas in general, you know, when they don't get executed or things don't go their way, you know, the Roosters, they end up losing games. They're a team that can stay in it the whole time they can make you work for a win for the whole 80 minutes but they're also a team that can you know with a few little mistakes a few little areas in terms of their discipline and stuff like that can also lose games and they've done that in this one against the Dragons and that as Robbo said it's where they're at at the moment they need to dig themselves out of this little hole that they're in where they're fighting for games but it's just not happening and they're just not in their groove as Robbo said you know they need to fight themselves out of this stage at the moment but look don't take anything away from the Dragons it was a massive game from them the full moon's out the Dragons won what a win by the Dragons. Going on to the next game, though, the Rabbitohs v. the Eels. Now, if you thought that the freaking blue moon wasn't out for the last game, it rose very high, uh, and it was very clear in this game. The Rabbitohs v. the Parramatta Reels, not being biased as a South Sydney supporter at all. Uh, but anyway, uh, the Eels handed South Sydney their first loss in almost two months on Friday night with Mitch Moses and Dylan Brown orchestrating a comprehensive 36-16 win over the ladder leaders. I'll tell you who I loved in this game. Yes, I loved Mitch Moses. Yes, I loved Dylan Brown. But Bailey Simonson, fuck, I think that's the best game I've ever seen him play. 167 running meters in this one. You know, every time he got the ball, he was dangerous. Heavily involved as well in that sort of left uh, center position role. He was fantastic for me. Absolutely fantastic. Every time he got the ball, as I said, he was super, super dangerous. Uh, obviously, the Eels did lose Andrew Davey to a failed HIA. That means that he'll be stood down for the 11 days, which is going to hurt, obviously, losing a few forwards for Origin, Junior Baldo being one of them. Um, obviously, maybe Moses for the squad. I think that Moses will stay. I don't know if Moses will make the squad, but be very interesting to see if he does. Um, but yeah, obviously, they lose Junior Baldo through the middle, which is going to be massive for the Parramatta Reels. Uh, and then to lose Andrew David to injury as well is massive. Um, obviously, Ryan Madison was coming in. He came in to replace him. And then Ryan Madison had a bit of a blinder as well, as he usually does um, for the Parramatta Reels. He was great on that side with Bailey Simonson as well. His ball playing was fantastic. He made a few tackle busts, a few line breaks. 
I was quite impressed with how he went when he came in, Ryan Madison. Uh, but Parramatta finished the game with 57% possession. Uh, while they had 16 offloads compared to South Sydney's five, they were much more willing to take risks. They were very expansive, very, uh, I would guess, that there was a lot of X factor, which is something that they were saying that Clint Gutherson lacked. But there was a lot of X factor in this game. I'll tell you that for free. Uh, obviously, Alex Johnson has now scored nine tries in his past four games against the Eels which is insane. Uh, but yeah, he was great in this one too. Alex Johnston for South when he did get the ball in his hands. Now, Jermaine Hopgood, we were talking about guys making origin, obviously the theme of origin in the last pre- in the last review. Sorry, obviously a little bit in this one as well. Fuck, I would not be surprised if Jermaine Hopgood gets a spot in this squad or even a spot on the bench. It's very tight between him and obviously Corey Horsburgh. Um, obviously with Tino Maybe set to miss a game. You've also got um, Felice Cafusi, maybe set to miss the opener for Origin. I reckon Hopgood gets a crack. I reckon Corey Horsburgh, they can both get a crack in this one. Uh, they've got a pretty insane forward pack regardless. Even if they lose Tino, even if they lose um, Felice Cafusi, they've got Dave Fafita, Kurt Catewell, which will probably take the back row spots. Hopgood is there. Paddy Carrigan's there. Uh, Lindsay Collins is there. Christian Welsh is there. Their forward pack is pretty insane, Queensland. And even with those two guys out, it is scary to think how crazy their forward pack still is. I'm pretty sure that this means Hopgood will probably get a pretty decent crack uh, in this Queensland side. I reckon he gets a spot on the bench with the two outs that the uh, Queensland Maroons could uh, could potentially have due to suspension. Uh, but it really does depend on what the judiciary says tomorrow. But if it is what it is and Felice Cafusi and Tino Fasulamala-Aoi are out, then I think that Hopgood gets a crack. I reckon he was sensational in this game. And I think that he pretty much played himself into a jersey. I mean, you look at his first half. I think he had six tackle busts in the first half. He ran for nearly 100 metres, two in the first half, or maybe just over 100. Uh, he was insane. I remember seeing those halftime stats on Channel 9 when I was watching the game, and yeah, blown away. And then the second half was pretty good as well. As I said, playing himself into origin there, Jermaine Hopgood. I think a key moment in this game was obviously the Latrell Mitchell strip on Junior Paulo. Junior Paulo has to be at least... 120, 130 kilos, maybe more. Big boy, Junior Bolo. For Latrell Mitchell to have the strength, the strength to rip that ball out was insane. He pretty much manhandled a gigantic front rower, throwing him around, pulling that ball out of his hands. Tight grip, mind you, on Junior Bolo, I bet. But Latrell Mitchell manhandling him, getting that ball out. I actually thought that South were going to win this game. By the end of the first half, I was really thinking South Sydney are about to come out in the second half and blow them off the park. But I was very wrong. I think that um, the Eels pretty much did the exact thing to us. So credit to the Eels. Moses firing, Dylan Brown firing. I was very happy to see Dylan Brown actually running the ball as well, running the ball into the line, engaging those A and B defenders, and then getting some beautiful balls out to his outside men. He was fantastic. He was fantastic, Dylan Brown. As I said, just taking the line a little little bit more. It's something that I've been calling out for him to do over the past few weeks, just running the ball into the line. It's when he plays his best footy, and it's when Parramatta pretty much looked their best as well when he was running that football. Made a beautiful tackle bust as well when he stepped back in off his left foot into the line uh, as well. Made a break, semi-break, and then offloaded to uh, Ryan Madison for that try. 
You know, just simple things. Simple things like that. Running into the line is when he plays his best footy. His running game, I think, is the best aspect other than his defense in his game, Dylan Brown. So, fantastic effort from him. Fantastic effort from the Eels. Uh, going into next, next week could be a little bit light on trips, but hopefully... They have a massive game like they did in this one. And South Sydney, a little bit to look back on. Um, But yeah, look, I mean, fuck. I was very shocked that South Sydney lost this game. Very, very shocked. And I think it actually does go back to their discipline a little bit. They sort of let go towards the last 20 minutes of this game. So something I'll need to look at. But, you know, all in all, it was a really, really solid game to finish your Friday. One.